Amen. Amen. It's a wonderful, wonderful evening to come together. We get to, to share the Word of God for a moment or two. Um, I'm going to switch it up. We've been looking at graveyard stories, but we're going to leave the grave behind tonight. <laughs> that happened already and because uh, we've got our greatest graveyard story yet coming up in a few months, and we're going to break that one out. But I did think, what a, what a wonderful, this week as I was in prayer and just spending time worshiping, there's a, a message that came out of part of what we're doing with this attitude of gratitude. And I thought, Lord, that just sounds good. It was appetites and attitudes. Appetites and attitudes. Because they're, they're, they're really connected together. Our appetites and our attitudes, they go hand in hand. Like, I want to ask, has anybody ever found yourself up late at night with a carton of ice cream and you're just going to get a little spoonful or something? And next thing you know, you get going and it's like, it's like, hold it. Where, where'd it go? Like, like the hat, the, the, it, it's like the gallon's gone. What happened? The half a gallon, what happened to it? It, it went. And, and you wonder, I just wanted a little bite. Or, or, um, you've been somewhere and you think, I'm just going to get a little bit of something. I just want, I'm not very hungry. I, I just want to get a little something. And next thing you know, you keep going and all of a sudden you just start mowing stuff down. You're like, I can't stop. A lot of that, believe it or not, you've ever heard the, the saying of, you eat your feelings. <laughs> like, I've got these feelings that are very real, and so is this ice cream. And so I'm going to go ahead and try to, 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 to douse it with that or with any type of food. And so a lot of times our appetites affect our attitudes and vice versa. And I'm going to, we're going to look in scripture and see where it took place. And um, we're going to have fun doing that night because we're going to look at our Lord and Savior, Jesus himself. That had to deal with this. I love, I love Jesus for the, for the, for the simple fact he was fully God and fully man and he could go through everything. It says that he was acquainted with sorrow. He can relate to us in everything that we go to, even in our appetites and our attitudes. And so tonight we're going to look at in the gospel of Matthew chapter four. And it's an area in Matthew chapter 3, Jesus has just been baptized, not because he had sin in his life, but because as a, a thing that said, I'm showing you how to do this. This is why we connect. This is what we wash and we get cleansed before God. And he had just experienced, y'all, where the Spirit of God came down on him like a dove. He went into water, came up, and it's like, whoo, the, 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 the innocence, the beauty, the, the sweetness, the joy of it, like, and then, and then God verbally speaks where everybody gets, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. So he has this moment with his father. Everybody sees it's like, wow. He gets up out of the water. That's in Matthew 3. In Matthew 4, it all of a sudden takes a turn in a different direction. And in Matthew 4, it says this, then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted. So he just got, he just experienced, all oh, right, Father, thank you. This is my, this is my felt, my boy. I love it. I'm so proud of you. Okay, now let's go. We got some work. We're going to go into the desert. And it wasn't to spend time. This was, he was going for trouble. He was going to be tempted with his appetites and with his attitude of what is it going to be like um, how is he going to stand? Because he was going to have to take the sins of the world. He was going to have to go through the work. He was going to have to go through separation from his father. And he had to be tempted in every way. 
And the Bible says he was tempted in every way and never sinned. But here it says he was going in the wilderness for one specific, one specific purpose, to be tempted by the devil. Anybody ever felt like you were somewhere and, I mean, temptation come at you? And, I mean, it just came on you strong and you're like, mm, I really want to do that. And Jesus understood. And the, and the way he went through it, the devil always waits till we get to our weakest moment. He waits till, oh, wow, I, I really, I'm struggling. And that's when he wants to come and he, he doesn't play fair. And so he goes and, and verse 2, it says, for 40 days and 40 nights... It's a long time, y'all. He did what? He, he, he fasted. And this is where the humanity comes in. I mean, some of us, we go one day and one night. Or we'll go one meal and go, I'm hungry. All of a sudden, I just feel real hungry. Says he uh, became very hungry. I would too. I get very hungry after, you know, I've, I've, I tried to do water one time, just water fast and I'm going to tell you something. Try it sometime. I'm not going to tell you about it because it, it doesn't, it really, you won't get the effect of it. <laughs> you won't get it until you go three days without, with just drinking water. Just go three days. No, don't try to go seven. Just go three. <laughs> or just one. You'll be like, oh, ah, everything looks good. I mean, you drive by these signs. Every, every establishment is a food establishment. I don't care if it's a steel establishment. You're like, I could eat steel right now. That, I, that looks kind of good. I could, I, you know, it, it, it gets that way. So after that, 40 days and 40 nights, he's really hungry. And during that time, it doesn't say he came to him. During that time, the devil, and I love, uh, there's one translation that says the tempter. The English Standard Version says the tempter. Not the devil, the tempter. Which gives us an insight that anytime you're being tempted, anytime I'm being tempted, it's never God. God doesn't tempt anyone. He can't be tempted. There's nothing in him that he wants to do that he, he needs to know about you. He knows it all. He knows our strengths. He knows our weaknesses. And he would never put us under going, hey. And the thing is, he has somebody that does that. He's got a tempter that will come and do it. So the devil came to God himself. Came to Jesus. And look what he said to him. The first question, he questioned his identity. If you are, if you are the son of God, if you're the son of God, he does that many times. Well, if you are a true believer, if you are a child of God, he said, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. Now, look, Jesus had that power. <laughs> he could do that. He could speak to him. But look what, what happened is, as a result of this, here he is, he hadn't eaten for 40 days, 40 nights. He comes to him, and the first thing he hits him with is his physical appetite. And I'm going to tell you, we are all going to get hit with our physical appetites. And, and let me say this, we get hit pretty regular. And I'm telling the church, this is where the church, we got to wake up to that. Because we think we have access to, I can do whatever I want, just because in Acts where... Where Peter was on the roof and it says, uh, you know, uh, the Lord spoke, rise, Peter, go and eat. <laughs> I can eat it all. It doesn't matter. Um, that's where we still have to keep our appetites, our physical appetites in check. Um, I, I read this the other day, a balanced diet. Anybody ever heard of a balanced diet? This one guy said a balanced diet to him is two cho- a chocolate chip cookie in each hand. <laughs> it's balanced. Um, we've got to be careful 
that what we, what we take into our bodies, we get tempted on a regular basis. And I'm telling you, most of our problems, it's not a problem with God. We have stuff that goes on and, and, um, this is where we really need, it's an attitude thing. We have to, we have to keep that in check. And so we do have a, a physical need for, for, phys, uh, for food and for drink. And so with both food and drink, what we eat will determine many times. Anybody had that feeling where you got started and you couldn't stop and then all of a sudden you just got, mm. <laughs> You started out excited like, boy, this is going to be great. Y'all fixing to experience that. Remember, the re- this is a timely message for you, just so you know. <laughs> you're going to show up, man, I, woo, I'm excited. And by the time it's over, you're like, oh, I'm not so excited. Don't feel like I can get going. That happens on a physical level and on a spiritual level. When it comes to drink, we got to watch what we, what we inhale, what we take in. Um, you know, Jesus, if the scripture says, don't be drunk with wine that leads to, to loose living, fleshly living, our physical body. What we put in will affect us. And then another physical appetite, we all have an appetite for physical affection. Like to touch, to feel, we all have that. That's a God-given thing. But if we don't let, if, if, if we let the enemy, he'll take that physical, real need, and it'll begin to affect us in a very negative way. Our attitude will become one and such where uh, you, you always it's always uh, amazing to me when I see people and they're getting all closed. I mean, not the married folks, but some, uh, these this young uh, the youth ministry, 26 years. And I'm sitting there and they get all closed. And I'm sitting there. Oh, look, they like each other. Oh, look. And then all of a sudden I can tell when there's trouble in paradise <laughs> when it's like, I'm over here and I'm sitting two seats over like, I didn't even, mm, mm. it's like, oh, okay, something happened where, where, oh, the affection didn't work out the way it was supposed to. And we've got to keep our physical desires in check. Um, this is an appetite we all have. And so this is how Jesus was able to do it. His both, his need for food and drink and affection. It says this in verse, um, four. The enemy came to tempt him, but he said, hey, Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So in other words, yeah, I need that stuff. Like he didn't deny needing bread. He didn't deny needing our physical affection, but he said, whoa, 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 whoa. I got to keep that in check with the word of God. I've got to keep those two together. I can't have one separate from the other. So even in our attitude, even with our eating, our attitude towards it will determine our appetite or our appetite will affect our attitude. Both ways, it goes, they're interchangeable in how we do it. Matter of fact, David put this in Psalms 119. He said it this way in verse 11. He said, I've hidden your word because he said, we shall live by, by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. I've hidden your word in my heart. Why? Why? Because I won't let these appetites mess me up. Because I will, I might not sin against you. And I can't do that without His Word permeating my heart and my mind, changing the way I think and how I operate. He gives me that ability. He said it again later on in Psalms 119 and verse 105. He says this, your, your Word, this Bible, the, the Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light Unto my path. And so he said, hey, it's a lamp that gives me my next step. Like it illuminates, hey, 
what, what am I supposed to do right here? In, 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 in all of my physical wanderings and whatever, I, I got, I've, I've got his sure word that will give me my next step to take. But it will also, as I take that next step, it begins to light up the path that I'm going on. And it keeps me, it's, it shows me where he's operating, where he's moving. And so that's up to us. There's God's part and there's our part. God's word's there, but it's up to us to get it. It's up to us to use it as that lamp, as that light, and not allowing simply to live on bread alone. Simply a physical thing. It's a spiritual, it's an emotional. Which comes to our next part where he was tempted in, uh, in verse 5. So the first one was his physical appetites, and all of us get tempted that way. It says, then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple and said, if, again, if you are the son of God. Now, we, we look at that and like, you're talking to Jesus. He was fully God and he was fully man. He hadn't eaten for 40 days and 40 nights. Let me tell you something. You get delirious after you haven't eaten something. And this, he had to stay so connected to the father that, hey, even though, Lord, I'm staying with you, I'm, my mind, my heart is always towards you. And he said, you're the number one, you're first place. And he said, if you're the son of God, jump off. Or he, the translation said, throw yourself off. It says, for the scripture, and this is what's fun. This, this is where the enemy will come in. The same way, the same way he did with Adam and Eve. It says, for the scripture says, he will order his angels to protect you. And they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. So he actually... The enemy thinks I'm going to get smart and I'm going to just start saying, I'm going to, I'm going to quote scripture to him. And I'm going to, the Bible says, <laughs> Jesus is the word. And he's like, he's going to quote the word just like he did with Eve. When he went to Eve, he said, did God really say? And this is where we determine this now when we're looking at these appetites. I got to determine right now before Thursday gets here. <laughs> Don't wait till Thursday to decide. It's going to be too late. You go, Friday's going to be miserable. <laughs> you ain't going to do much shopping. You're going to do a lot of sleeping. Um, anyhow, you determine now. You don't wait till it comes, till the temptation comes. It's on the way. You determine now. Like, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to let the enemy lie to me like he did Eve. You know, did God really say you're not supposed to eat from that tree? Jesus, you know, look, he said, go ahead and jump. If he did, you know, the one thing the enemy does, he doesn't bring the whole story. He, he brings a piece of truth, not the whole truth. He's an angel of light that deceives. And that's why if you actually look at the scripture he was trying to quote in Psalms 91, you'll see where it says this in verse 11. This is right before what he says. If you say the Lord is my refuge and you make the most high your dwelling, no harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent. And then he says, after you've already done that, that's when it, that's when he actually misquoted and said, he'll give his angels charge over you. Okay. So after that happens, and, and by the way, he misquoted this. He said, if you fall, not if you jump. Many people get that mixed up. <laughs> There was no falling involved. There wasn't a bit of fall. It was a straight jump. It's like I'm going, I'm, I see it, I'm going, and they jump. 
And that's why his angels are like, hold it, I thought you were going to watch out. Nope. First of all, I didn't make the Lord my refuge, and he's my dwelling, and I'm his dwelling. Come and dwell here. And so that that's a powerful point that the enemy will never, he always, he always makes it look so good. That's why we have to be careful because of we have emotional appetites. We have these appetites that we really, if we're not careful, they got to stay in check. And our emotional appetites, we always look for position. And that's what he was testing him with in popularity. It's like, look what I can do. Watch this. Hey, Jesus, I tell you what, take yourself to the pinnacle and throw yourself out. Throw yourself off. Look at everybody. You ever been tempted to do something really far out there? And now granted that there are daredevils that like to do. It's like that's in their nature. But but this is different. This is where I'm going to do something so spectacular. Everybody's going to watch. Everybody's going to see and everybody's. So it's this popularity. It's this position. And if we're not careful. We wrap ourselves up in that and we allow other people and we allow the enemy himself. To think, if I've got both popularity and position, I'll be secure. And that's never going to be the case. It'll leave us lonely. There have been people that have, uh, you, we've seen in the news all the time, where the most popular people for acting, portraying somebody else, they end up taking their own life because they don't know who they are. They've been portraying other people all their life, like, who am I? And so, this popularity is not it. And the position of, of, of look, look at me, it's, hey, look what I can do. It's never a thing. We've got to, we've got to keep the Lord first place and allow Him. That's why Jesus said in Matthew, uh, seven, He goes, four, seven, it says, Jesus responded, the scripture also said, the scriptures also say, you must not test the Lord your God. The Word of God has to be profound. We have, if we're going to be successful with our appetites and attitudes, it has to be One where we keep it paramount before us. In Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. You talk about attitudes getting involved in there. This is the big thing. This is where the word of God will mess with you. I personally believe that's why many Christians in church. They go to church every Sunday. But they don't want to get too close in there. Because it might disagree with their life. Or disagree with what they got going on. And when that happens. We come to a crossroad. Like. I see what the word says, and I really like doing this. Hmm. Well, I didn't read that, so I didn't know. I'll be ignorant. I won't get in it. But the Lord says, no, you've got to do that. It's what Hebrews 4 says, for the word of God is alive and active. Like when you take it in and you begin to study, like when you begin to dwell on that and you see what he says. He said it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It's going to go in and coming out both ways. You can't get around it. So much so that it uh, it penetrates even the dividing soul and spirit joints of marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Anybody ever been talking with somebody and you, their attitudes just shining right there and it gets it just comes out. You can see it. It can be when something goes wrong in your life, like. Uh, it can happen anywhere, like at a restaurant, when something doesn't go, you know, a waiter or a waitress doesn't give you the exact service you thought you should have had, and your attitude is like, how dare them? It's, it's an area where, hold it, I'm here, 
They're human. They made a mistake. Or it could be at home, dealing with those around us, our loved ones. We've got to make sure that as we're, um, we're not allowing the enemy to try to help or try to challenge us with our position and popularity. There's a lot of people that live on this, this social network that has been, <laughs> that was, uh, built simply to help college students connect. And now it's gone worldwide and people live their lives based on what people think. They post things just to say, look at me, look at me, look at me. It, 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 when I get on there, it's very rare, but when I get on there, it always concerns me. I, I don't know why it just does when I see a guy and a girl that's right there beside each other. I'm so in love with this person. They are so, I'm going, uh oh. Uh-oh, i got to let everybody see. I want, hey, you look at us. <laughs> or you'll see, I've got the best husband in the whole world. I've got the best wife in the whole world. I instantly go, Jesus, help them, Lord. Help them, help them. They're trying to convince somebody else of something that they're not sure of themselves. And everybody, I like it. I like it. Yeah, you're so, it's so cute. You're so good. And it's like, we're so good, look. And we, we live for likes. And I'm telling you, Jesus didn't live for a like. Jesus lived with communion with his father and stayed. Here's the word of God, carnate, living. And he's saying, hey, we got to we got to allow it to check our attitudes. We got to allow it to get down deep so it doesn't. I don't allow my appetites and my attitude to carry me places. I was never meant to go and try to lock me down and lock me away to where I feel like I can't get back. So let's move on a little bit further. We have uh, the next Temptation. First, he got tempted with his physical food and, and affection. Then he got tempted with his emotional position and popularity. And then it takes it the next step further. And this is where the enemy's real tactic is. He wants to be worshipped. That's his whole reason. He fell out of heaven because of this one thing. He wanted what, what God had. He wanted to send him above his throne. It says... For the word of God is alive, oh, excuse me, I'm sorry, Matthew 4, um, uh, 8 through 11. The next temptation, next, the devil said, well, I couldn't get him with his physical appetite. I couldn't get him in to lock in for the power and popularity. I mean, for the uh, position and popularity. Then he says, he took him to the peak of the very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said, I will give it all to you. I'll give it all to you. He said, if you will kneel down and worship me. And this is where, if we're not careful, without even meaning to, there are many times where our lives, if we're not careful, we don't kept, first we don't keep our appetite, physical appetites in check, and our emotional appetites, and then we get to these spiritual appetites. And that's what we have right here, a spiritual appetite for power and authority. Because we were given that when we were first created. In Genesis... God told Adam and Eve, hey, Adam, hey, go subdue, take dominion, have authority. You have that over all the earth. And he gave him authority and gave him position. And then when he let the enemy rob him of his very identity, he robbed him of the authority and power. And Jesus restored it back. And here he is trying to get Jesus to to give up, to subjugate that authority, the worship of God for the worship of him. And this is where we have to stand on what God says and realize that there's only one true God. That we're not going to allow ourselves 
to, to be deceived. I've had many times where I've, I've, where I've had to work with people where they made packs, so to speak. Almost that, it, that if you'll give me this, I'll do it, it. It goes with money. It goes with women. It all has to do with power. That if, if you'll let me have this, I'll serve you to the devil himself. And it, he makes a lie. He, he gets, he gets tempted to somehow he has authority. And that's the biggest lie is he thinks somehow he has more authority than what God because, and he, he tries to puff himself up. And that's when Jesus said, because of that, he finally said, that's enough. And here he is. He's still 40 days without eating or drinking. He finally has enough and says, hey, now my personal thought is, why didn't he say this from the first part? Why didn't he start out with the first time he said, if you're the son of God, turn the bread into stone. Why did he say, hey, get out of here? But he actually was letting the devil know. He was quoting scriptures. Hey, let me tell you something. We don't live by bread alone. I, we, we, we live by, by the word of God. And he was doing that for us. He didn't need, he could have done that and he gave us a, a, a model. He gave us the way we overcome, the way we're able to do this well because he did it well. That's what he said. Get out of here, Satan. Jesus told him for the scripture says you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil went away and I love this next part. The angels came and took care of Jesus. You know, God will send angels your way too. We don't worship angels, but he'll send them to serve us. We don't serve them. They serve us. He'll, he'll do that for us. And this is why, this is how this happened. He gave us this model and this is where it's found in James. James chapter four. James makes it this way. So he said it this way. Submit yourselves then to God first. Like the number one thing. It's the same thing in Psalms 91 11. Make the Lord a refuge. Make him your dwelling place. Say, Lord, this is your dwelling. Have your way. Come in. Do whatever you want. David was a, a, an Old Testament man, but he had this understanding of man after God's heart. Lord, search me. Try me. Come in. See if there's anything in here. The way I'm thinking. The way I, my attitudes, my appetite. See if there's anything wrong, wicked way in there. Lord, and change me. Lead me in the path for everlasting. He said, submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil after submitting. And then he's got to get out of there. And then he says this, come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. I love it. This seems like a real rebuke. But the beautiful thing about that is when James says that, what's the only way you can do that? What's the only way that me as a sinner can wash my hands and purify my heart? The way God provided already. It's the only way. It's not something I can do of myself. It's not me thinking I'm self, thinking, well, I'm really a good person. I'm real, I'm really not that bad. No, Jesus, you're really that good. Jesus, I, I messed up. Lord, you, you did what I couldn't do. Lord, thank you right now for your life being released in me. Lord, thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for your uh, blood that cleanses everything. It takes it all away. You take my double mind, Lord, my, my, my life, my faith, my trust, it's all locked into you. He provided that for us. And then in Luke 10, 18 through 21, we're going to look there real quick. This is where Jesus, and we're going to, we're going to close with this. This is where Jesus sent the 72 out. Uh, he had the 12, but then he also had, also had the 72. He sends them out and he gives them authority. And, and, and as they go, they come back. 
And when they came back, this was their debriefing. This is where he said, hey guys, come on. Let's see, let's see what happened. And they came back all excited. This is mentioned in other gospels, but this is in Luke. Luke uh, describes it like this. He replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Like you guys, man, y'all, y'all, man, you talk about authority and power. You did it. But look what he says. I've given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions. Some of y'all, y'all need to receive that physically and spiritually. (laughs) In scripture, they have a, a spiritual significance. To overcome the power of the enemy, nothing will harm you. Nothing. And then he goes, however. Like, hey, all that power and that authority that, that, that he gave us, look how he said, I want, this is what I want you to dwell on. This is what I want you to, to get. However, do not rejoice that the Spirit submit to you. That's going to happen because we have Jesus. He said, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. What Jesus gave them was, and what we have to have, we have to have an eternal perspective. Just because we, we, we deal with our physical appetites and our attitudes. Then we have our emotional appetites and attitudes. And everybody has a, a desire for power. When I hear somebody, uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, somebody was telling me, somebody, a friend of theirs was in the occult, and they were, they were doing all this. I was like, yeah, <laughs> sure they do. Sure they are. We play all these, you look at young people, they play these games, they want to have power. Look at this, I'm getting power, I'm so, I'm, I'm so powerful, look what I can do. And really, it's, that comes from, it feeds that, that natural desire we have. And Jesus saying, no, 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 the greatest power we have is be called His children. To be connected, it's an eternal thing. That my name's written, your name's written in heaven as we stay connected to Him. As we allow Him to do His work in us. And, and, and check us on our appetites and on our attitudes. Tonight I want to ask you just a couple questions. What you've been hungering for lately? <laughs> Has there been a real hunger for the Lord? The things of the Lord, or is it like, well, no, I'd, I'd just rather have a Snickers bar. <laughs> you know, there's a commercial that made it, you know, they made it real popular. You're not you when you're hungry. Well, I'm going to tell you, you're not you when you're spiritually hungry. You do things and you go after things you never thought you would that you think will satisfy. And it turns you into something you never thought you'd be. And this is where we got to stay hungry. We get to keep those attitudes and, and, our, and our appetites in check. The reason I bring that up is, is God, more than we will ever desire Him, He's desiring us. More than we could ever say, Lord, I'm hungry for you. He's Oh, really? I'm really hungry to fellowship with you. I really. In Revelations chapter 3, we're not going to turn there tonight, but, but Jesus is talking at the church of Laodicea, and he said, I know your works. You're neither hot nor cold. And he goes on and lists some things that they were involved in. And he said, but because you're lukewarm, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth because you won't go ahead and say, Lord, I, I'm just going to come after you. Lord, I just love you. My name's written there and I just want to be my greatest joy, my greatest excitement is fellowship with you. And it's always out of fellowship with him, always out of relationship with him. The same way that Jesus made it through the temptation because of his relationship with his father, it led him through and led him past it. And he was able to be successful and accomplish his mission here on this earth.
What you been hungry for lately? It's hard when, when you got stuff going on in your life and the enemy tells you, who do you think you are? Look what you've done. You can't connect with God. You know your past and, and Jesus is always, he covered our past. And he gives us the freedom to come to him and to love on him and allow him to love on us. And then secondly, what do you spend most of your time dwelling on? Where do, you allow, where do your thoughts run to? Because we're going to always go to our, towards our strongest thoughts. And so that's where we got to continually, Lord. That's why fasting is a very, I'm not going to encourage, we're going to do that at the, in, a, in just a month. Month and a half, we're going to be doing. We got our 21 days of prayer and fasting coming up in January. We're not. We're, we're in the feasting season right now, but I want you to be thinking about that. That when you begin to disconnect from this world and you take control over your physical appetites, it begins to dwell up and cause a hunger to say, "Lord, every hunger pain that hits, you're going, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus." It begins to cry out, and it gives us a hunger for Him. Bow your heads, let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that, Lord, by it, we're warned by it, we're healed by it, we're sealed by it. Lord, we have connection with you. And Jesus, I pray tonight that every person listening here in this auditorium, those who will listen later, either by CD or by podcast on the website, I pray, Lord, that you would begin to stir up a hunger for you as never before. That, Lord, we'd begin to lay down the things of this world that are bidding for our attention. Whether it's a physical appetite with our food and drink and affection, physical touch. Or whether it's an emotional appetite for for popularity, for a position that, that says, I've got status, look at me. Or whether it's a spiritual one for just straight out power and authority. Lord, I pray that tonight, Lord, we would celebrate being your child. Celebrate being connected to you, that our, you're our Father and we belong to you. And it's only out of that position, it's only out of being sons and daughters of you, that, Lord, we have all the authority, we have all the power we need, and we have relationship far beyond than anything this world could provide. God, I thank you for blessing each one of us here tonight and those later, Lord, that will listen. I thank you right now, Father, having your way and your will in each one of them. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Well, that's what I believe the Lord had. We, we're looking at appetites and attitudes, and that's all I wanted to share with you tonight. And I want you to, to think about that over the next you know, few days. Let it come up. <laughs> now, don't blame me if you're sitting in there and you're going for your third helping, and that thing starts hitting you like, whoa. And I'm just talking about pie, not even the turkey and everything, so... Probably need to pray for those who have to have more than one Thanksgiving meal with family. and they got to go from the one to the next. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Well, if you would stand up with me this time, I want to bless you. Thank you, Lord. I'll be here available for prayer if you need prayer for anything. I'll be glad to do that. Or if you, you just want somebody to agree with you, I'll be happy to do that. Open your hands and receive from Him. Father God... You're the creator of the universe and you're the one who commanded blessing to be spoken over your people that in so doing your name might be placed on them and you in turn would do the blessing. And so I say to each one of you, the Lord bless you and keep you. 
the Lord cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord lift the light of His countenance on you and give you His peace. In Jesus' name, amen.